This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. to win the lobster. Let's get the block back. Kyle Busch will win at New Hampshire. Joey Logano looking for the big lobster in victory lane. I don't like seafood, don't like lobsters. And then when you put like a 44 pound one in my hands, I'm, I'm freaked out. Put him back. Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Carol Amano, joined by our crew chief, Steve Letard, who I should say is born and raised in New England up in Maine. We have one NASCAR race on the no. schedule, and it is this week in New England. I'm sure you're very excited about this. I already have the list of restaurants I plan on going to laid out. I mean, that's the best part. I mean, the food up there, outstanding. Yeah, you're a lobster guy, I'm sure. Mm. You have to be if you're heading seafood. to this kind Maybe of Maybe not track. lobster, but seafood. Oh, okay, seafood specifically. Um, all right, let's pull up the playoff schedule. Let's see what we're dealing with here. Seven races left in the regular season, seven drivers have qualified for the playoffs with wins. So here is how the playoff standings look right now. Nine spots are still open. Brad Kozlowski, best of the winless drivers in eighth. Last year's winner at New Hampshire, Denny Hamlin, is 11th. And the race for the 16th and final playoff spot is on. Alex Bowman has it only by nine points over Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Paul Menard's not too far behind either. If you look at what's happened at this track recently, Toyota has dominated at New Hampshire. They have won five of the last six races since 2015. And if you look at since 2016, Steve, doesn't your eye just go immediately to laps led 97.2? Why is this happening? Well, they not only have dominant race cars with the five wins, but when you add the 78, which is really the fifth Toyota into that, he's led the most laps in so many races there. I mean, that is probably the most one-sided stat I have seen in recent years. And, and it pays off. And if you think about it, though, Joe Gibbs Racing is a team that's won five of the six. So while Truex leads a lot of lap, he has yet to win races. Joe Gibbs Racing continues to win races. But that's really what I'm looking at going up there. We know Kyle Busch has been good this year. But where's Denny Hamlin? You know, he showed the playoff leaderboard, the 11th car in the 11th position. You know, a lot of time is spent at the top of the leaderboard and the bottom of the leaderboard. But right there in the center, I'm still waiting for some of those teams to kind of break through. I'm waiting for Denny Hamlin. When is he going to show up? So do you think this is the opportunity for him to show up? It, I mean, he is known to be a short track racer, even though his resume can say that, you know, that he can win on any type of racetrack. I always look at Denny Hamlin to be a favorite. Martinsville, Richmond, Phoenix, Loudon. Loudon, New Hampshire is a short track racer's dream. Very tight corners, very hard to get the throttle down. I need to see Denny move forward, kind of step out of the shadows and compete with his own teammate, Kyle Busch. Fascinating to hear after Kentucky, a number of other organizations say that they feel like they are making some progress in terms of catching these big three who have won everything seemingly so far this season. What other storylines are you paying attention to in that regard? Team Penske. Why, Joey Logano has won a race, and he's in the playoffs, so we don't expect him to really uh, falter. He should be in no problem. When are the other two Penske drivers going to take a move? We saw it at Kentucky. We saw Ryan Blaney and Brad Keselowski step up and run well, both in the top three last week. And both teams are in the playoff contention. You know, Brad's eighth, Blaney's 12th in points. 
But being in the playoffs and make, being in contention is really two different things. They'll make the playoffs, <clears throat> but they don't want to be a footnote in round one or two. They want to make it to round three or perhaps the finale at Miami. But to do that, I have to see more out of the team Penske, which I saw last week. But can it continue? Is there such a thing as momentum from a one-and-a-half-mile track to one-mile flat track? We're going to wait and see. All right, so you mentioned the fact that it's a one-mile flat track. Because it's so unique, it's tricky, it's got a unique set of challenges, does that offer anything in the way of another organization that is still looking, for example, Hendrick? Well, when you look at Hendrick Motorsports, it's no doubt they're in an off-season. And a lot of people are looking to the new Chevy Camaro because other than Kyle Larson, it really seems to be a struggle for most of the Chevrolet teams. The one thing a one-mile track does, especially a flat track, a slower racetrack, is reduce the, the dependency on aerodynamics. So if the body style and figuring out the aero balance of the Camaro is perhaps their Achilles heel in 2018, maybe we can see an improved performance out of that game. I mean, Chase Elliott's average running position in New Hampshire, while he doesn't have the stats in the finish column, he always seems to run up front. So I'm waiting to see whether Jimmy Johnson or Chase Elliott can run towards the front. We're not looking for winning performances, Carolyn. Top fives, top sevens, that would impress Well, me. that's what I was going to say is it's not like the track could make that much of a difference that you're going to see one of these drivers potentially in victory lane, but it will just put them closer to the front potentially. Is that what you're uh, saying? Just an uptick. You know, when you try to lead these companies, I was a crew chief in that organization for a long time. This is an organization that hangs its hat on championships. Forget wins, championships. And now you take that organization where they don't even have any wins. And I think... There's no doubt how hard they're working, but at some point you have to give those hardworking men and women something to put on the mantle, something to fight for, and a good run would go a long ways in that organization. Stuart Haas Racing has had phenomenal season by many people's accounts. They confirmed yesterday they, they are going to make a bunch of changes um, to their over-the-wall pit crews for the remainder of the year. And you may remember from last weekend there was some criticism over the radios from Clint Boyer at Kentucky. Kevin Harvick has been vocal in the past about issues that he has had with some of the things that's gone down over the wall. What do you think is ultimately behind these changes? I think it's an organization that understands their weakness. And currently, you can't hide from the details you know the metrics are well measured uh, how fast you're on the racetrack where you qualify how fast your pit stops are and unfortunately for Stuart Haas racing pit stops in my mind are the weak point for the four the 14 and the 10 the three cars that we've seen running up front consistently um, so I think what's interesting is you see a lot of moving and shuffling within the organization I don't see a lot of new names uh, and sometimes it just takes I know this sounds silly but you know, a new fit, maybe the tire changer off one team to another team. And I think it's interesting, you know, NASCAR doesn't have those moments in the season. They don't have a trade deadline. They don't have an all-star break. It, it's a long season. Now it's a regular season in the playoffs. And I think what you see are playoff-bound teams saying we have to shore up the walls and make sure we have zero weakness when the pressure gets turned up in the later part of the year. So you don't see this as risky in any way, M messing with the chemistry, because, you know, we always talk about the driver-crew chief chemistry, but from what you've been explaining to me, that chemistry also exists with this over-the-wall team. It does, but what I see is an organization that wants to continue to be the standout. Remember how dominant Kevin Harvick was, then Clint Boyer went and won a couple races, and everybody wants to know how Stuart Haas Racing got to that level in the last four or five years. This is how. An organization that's not okay with being good. They want to be great, and they want to continue to be great. And with that, you have to make those tough decisions. So is there a risk? Yes, but it's a calculated risk. I think when you look at Greg Zipendelli and the management team at Stuart Haas Racing, they agree with perhaps the stats that Jeff Burton and I are seeing that pit stops, if they can shore up those pit stops, where would Eric Aramorola be? He led at Chicago, dominated until two loose wheels derailed him. 
Those are the types of things they're going to have to avoid in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess it's best to do it now instead of maybe in the middle of the Listen, playoffs or something like that. That's not a part of that, that. Uh, race day change where you swap in the <laughs> middle of a race. That is a little stressful. Getting like. out ahead of the problem. All right, just a reminder for you, coming up 530 Eastern, not too far away, we're going to bring you a brand new installment of the Dale Jr. Download. That's the TV show version. Plan on sticking around right here for that because that's not too far away. Last night, we saw one of the year's most anticipated events, the truck series on the dirt at Eldora and the race for the Golden Shovel coming down to the very, very end. In case you missed it or want to see it again, highlights from the Big E coming your way next on NASCAR America. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. <laughs> There's no question that this young man can drive a race car. It's worth noting this was the last true mile and a half before the playoffs. This was the time to show what you had. It's a win for mullets all across <laughs> the country. We've had seven winners and there's nine playoff spots available. Which one of the big three is the best car right now? Because it seems like each week one of them kind of shows up and outruns the others. <laughs> wow! Oh my goodness! Oh my man! What a race! What a great race! More where that came from this weekend in our unique NBC race team coverage of the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series from New Hampshire. You can be here Sunday at 2 Eastern for that. What I mean by NBC race team broadcast is that Steve and Junior and Jeff are putting all their years of experience to the test. They're going to call the race in the booth. Rick Allen's going to be offering insight from Pit Road. I feel like the parents have gone out and the kids are getting pizza with the babysitter. <laughs> For this you know weekend. how that goes too normally, right? <laughs> I mean, this normally has... it's a lot of fun, and there is a very big decision to make, which is what are the kids going to wear so, on the broadcast? So, uh, you know, I'm never going to vote coat and tie, but I am a casual comfort. I'm not really a jeans and T-shirt guy, but apparently the fans have otherwise. But for the record, this poll was <laughs> jinxed because if you would have put me in a T-shirt and Dale Jr. in a suit and tie, I think suit and tie would have won. Yeah, I think it's the person more than the outfit right I'm there. sorry. I just love that photo of Burton. When it says casual comfort, like what a way to you describe. You don't think it just exudes casual what comfort? A way to describe. <laughs> so go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR if you want to um, vote and make your choice. Clearly nobody is feeling the coat and tie, oh, which I, is great for you guys. I just do what I'm told. Keep it's it no cash. coat and tie, that's no coat yeah, and tie. Yeah, keep it casual. Um, by the way, last night, in case you missed it, the Camping World Truck Series visiting Eldora Speedway in Ohio. Big deal, the annual Dirt Derby. That has really become a must-see event. And it was a great crowd, like it always is for Eldora. They certainly got their money's worth. This was uh, Ben Rhodes here coming off a win at Kentucky. Started on the pole, went on to win stage one, Steve. But on lap 46, he ended up falling off the pace. Yeah, he had run a flawless race to this point. But this is what makes dirt so difficult, running the top. And you see right here, way too much speed on entry. Jumped the cushion, hard contact, made a little damage to the truck. The race was eventually settled in overtime. Explain to us what happened here. Well, a great race between two young drivers who really respect one another. On the bottom, you see the 27 of Ch Chase Briscoe, Grant Enfanger up top on the 98. And you see... Other than coming to the line, that was the only beat and banging. A great finish to a spectacular race. And look at that. That's what everybody wants right there, a scoop of the golden shovel. Such a great moment for him. And, you know, after his win, Chase said that he had been begging Ford, actually, for the chance to run the Dirt Derby. And a deal was finally announced on Monday. Two days later, he's able to claim the golden shovel at Eldora. He also spent a lot of his childhood in those very grandstands. He watched his father compete there. Your reaction to just such a fitting end for him and, and a 
fantastic race. Well, what makes racing so wonderful is it doesn't have to be NASCAR or sprint cars, drag racing, Indy cars. You fall in love with these facilities, and Eldor is one of them. You know the history he has at Eldor with his grandfather, and you saw how special it was. It wasn't just a great race. It was a great moment for a young man. Remember, 23 years old. Uh, per, I mean, this has to go on his resume forever. A moment he'll remember forever. I can still remember going to Eldora for my first ever race there, Daytona, Indianapolis. There are certain just iconic venues in the racing world. Eldora's one of them. It was an exciting race for sure. Yeah, it was a phenomenal night and great crowd as always. We know that somebody that really is a very big supporter of trucks is Kyle Busch. And um, recently on Nate Ryan's podcast, he shared what it's like to run a team as part of a wide-ranging conversation. So make sure you check that out. That's the NASCAR on NBC podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on all kinds of other podcast platforms as well. And Nate always does great stuff. So make sure you check that one out with Kyle Busch. Meantime, coming up, Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio is going to call into the show and talk to us about fan reactions to last night's race. And also with New Hampshire now as a single race, is that going to change the driver's mindset this weekend? More with Pete when we come back. Well, if you're not a morning person, this may persuade you to rise and shine. Our NASCAR and NBC personalities every single Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive. That's with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni. It's only on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. That is Channel 90. Our Hall of Famer, in fact, Dale Jarrett, going to join the fellas next Wednesday. Pete joining us now on the phone, as he normally does. Pete, good to talk to you. Let's start with this idea of a dirt track being added to the Xfinity or Cup Series schedule. Much was made about this this week. Where do the fans stand on that issue? Well, from the reaction we got today on the morning drive, Carolyn, they would like to have one tomorrow if they could. I think the dirt track really resonated. The racing was great. You know, I heard what you guys were saying earlier just about the aura of Eldora and, and all of that and now, Tony Stewart came on our channel, and he said, listen, I'd like to have an Xfinity Series race at Eldora. I'll have a Cup Series race at Eldora. And he actually challenged our listeners and the fans to talk about it and get NASCAR to, to do it. I think the other part of what I heard this morning was this maybe, yeah, more dirt racing is great, but maybe more short tracks and maybe more midweek racing. So we've got things during the week. You know, we're all sports fans here. I love baseball. Steve loves baseball. Carolyn, you follow other sports. There's not much going on during the week right now until – college and NFL training camp start the fans said that this morning we'd like to see some more Wednesday racing I couldn't agree more yeah Pete, there's so many layers into that but the one thing I'll say is that I like that the trucks have their own marquee events so while I do agree short track racing would be great and midweek racing would be outstanding I don't want to see the Xfinity and the Cups basically copy what the trucks did I think they have such a marquee event and they deserve to have this event uh, when we talk about NASCAR racing, I mean, the Cup guys run in the Daytona 500. They have these big events. This dirt race, the Dirt Derby, has turned into must-see TV for the trucks. And I think that's great for any national touring series to have that event. But you mentioned midweek races. Carolyn, I love the idea of not having to wait all weekend to watch three races. Why can't I have a race on Tuesday, Wednesday, have a little news cycle, maybe Thursday, Friday, and once again on Saturday? So I think there's a lot to be said for timing. But as far as Eldora, it holds a special place in my heart for the trucks. Let them have it. Let them have it on their own. You know, P, I tend to agree with what Steve is saying, most definitely with midweek racing. I think that's phenomenal. Wednesday special. Monday could be special. Pete, what do you think about the topic? And also, you know, Tony Stewart campaigning on Sirius XM. I'm wondering where else it could potentially happen outside of Eldora. Well, there's a lot of dirt tracks in this country, as we all know. And there's a lot of premier dirt tracks in this country. So if it's not Eldora, and I tend to agree to the idea of you don't want to take away something special for the trucks, and this is probably their most 
popular race all year long. But why not look at a place like Knoxville, which is so famous in Iowa, that has sprint car racing there, or some other place? I think the idea, again, that we heard from the listeners was we like more things that are different. And there are so many other tracks in the country. If NASCAR can find a way to do something along the lines, maybe not just replicate Eldora, I just think that that would spark a lot of interest and a lot of energy. And it seems like that's what the fan base is looking for these days, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, just um, switching gears here to the weekend ahead, much was made about the fact that this is the only race at New Hampshire this season with some changes that was made to the schedule. What has the consensus been from the fan base on that topic? Well, I think the New England fans certainly are a little bit still bummed out that they're only going to have one weekend and it's coming up this weekend. But I think from a competitor standpoint, some interesting things on the channel. Paul Wolf, Brad Kozlowski's crew chief, was talking about, well, now that they're not going back in September, you don't have to have this race be a place where, yeah, you want to try to run well and win, but you don't have to learn anything. You don't have to have a notebook to go back in September for the playoffs. So that goes out the window. So does that change the dynamic of the kind of racing we're going to get? You know, when Chicago moved out of the first race of the playoffs and went to the summer, I do think that that made the racing different because it wasn't about not losing what you had in the points. It was more about let's just go out there and try to win the race. So I think from that standpoint, the racing and and what we see on track might change simply because now this is the only time we go to New Hampshire in 2018. Yeah, Pete, I really hope that the supply and demand rule kind of comes into effect here. We just talked about how special Eldora was. Well, I think that's because it's one Wednesday night a year. I think New Hampshire, I'm from there. I'm from that area. I know how magical that magic mile truly is. It was a a spectacle of all spectacles when they built it from a small, you know, for a small kid from Maine. But two races a year, I think the fan base, I want to say almost took it for granted. You didn't, you know, you had the Red Sox, you have the Patriots. Now you have two races. Maybe you could split it. And over time, early on, I would say that their fan base and their crowds looked big compared to the rest of the season. The last few years, they seem to almost dwindle. And I'm hoping what Pete says is right. I hope they get a captivating race now that it doesn't have any playoff implications as far as going back to that track. And I hope that the fans come out and support with their wallet. And they fill the stands and say, we only have one, so let's fill the place up, making it more special of an event. That's hopefully the end goal uh, because I am very passionate about the place. I'm from there. And I'd love to see a packed grandstand cheering on a great race. We hope you get it this weekend. Pete, thanks so much. Uh, We look forward to hearing you all next week and having DJ on the show as well. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, um, Alex Bowman, you mentioned all these drivers that are just going absolutely at it for a playoff spot. Um, Alex Bowman's certainly one of those drivers. Next month, however, at Watkins Glen, he's going to be racing for a cause that's much more important. We'll, we'll hear from him on that when we come back. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Alex Bowman is looking to stay in playoff contention this weekend at New Hampshire, but next month at Watkins Glen, he will be driving a special scheme honoring the Nationwide Children's Hospital. And after yesterday's reveal, Bowman spoke with Marty Snyder about the opportunity. It's so special to be in the Nationwide Children's Hospital car. I actually got to drive the the first Nationwide Children's Hospital car back in 2013. So it's so cool to still have a great relationship with Nationwide. And I've been up to the the hospital in Columbus a couple times. It's an amazing place. And to have Bryson's name on the car means a lot. Um, Last time we had a a patient champion's name on the car, we we about won Phoenix. So 
hopefully it's more of that and we can finish the job but uh, it's just such a special paint scheme it means a lot to me to uh, play a small role in, in supporting the hospital nine points above the cut line which is good Kentucky obviously was not what you wanted so how's the mindset moving forward for the race team at New Hampshire which is you know a difficult place to race yeah, it's uh, not one of my favorite places, but it's also the first place I got to drive the 88 car back in 2016. So kind of a special place for me. Uh, we ran pretty well there, those two races, and I think we can be pretty good. Um, you know, it, it's obviously Kentucky was a big bummer. It could have been a great points nice night for us, and we kind of ruined that. So uh, if we can just kind of build a buffer and, and get up there in points and hopefully win before the, uh, the cutoff, but... Um, I know we, we have the capability to, to make the playoffs. Did your mind immediately go to points when you hit the wall at Kentucky and start thinking, oh, man, we just ruined an opportunity? And how much of that consumes you when you think, how do we get a bigger gap than nine points? Yeah, you know, you can't really think about things you can't control. Um, but at the same time, when I saw the 17 cut a left rear, I was like, perfect opportunity for us to put a, a big cushion on him. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't capitalize on it. And when I hit the wall, I was like, this is going to hurt in points. And I watched the rest of the race. He was close to getting back on the lead lap and probably could have made up a bunch of spots. And I was pretty worried about that. So we just got to do our thing and, and not worry too much about things we can't control. But at the same time, it's obviously on our mind quite a bit. Well, for Alex Bowman, the goal is clear this weekend at New Hampshire. Take that nine-point lead he has over the cut line. Make it a little bigger when he leaves Loudon. Yeah, absolutely, Marty. That 39th place finish, devastating for sure. And you can hear, you know, that it's very much on the minds of the entire field. Let's call up the, the playoff standings just so we can take one more look. Because we've done a pretty good job, Steve, of really going through the first half of this. But right around that bubble, a lot at stake for Alex Bowman and others. Yeah, why do we talk so much about points? Because the competitors, that's what they think about. And he mentioned how Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he thought was going to really capitalize on Alex Bowman's issue with that brake rotor. He did not by only gaining 10 points, but don't sleep on the name behind Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That 21 car of Paul Menard, they are secretly and quietly putting together a great middle section of the season. They started, I think, trying to figure out, you know, his shift to the Wood Brothers. Took a little bit of time understanding everybody and their roles, but as we've seen Team Penske improve, no surprise, the Wood Brothers who run Team Penske equipment have also improved. So he did catch. He made up over 30 points on that cut line at Kentucky. So with seven races left, he's a name that I'm going to be watching potentially move into the playoffs. Why do you think he's been able to find the consistency that he's found? Is it that alliance? Is it the equipment, the synergy there? I think it's all of that. And I think not to mention teammates. I mean, remember, he can now go talk to Joey Logano, talk to Brad Kozlowski, talk to Ryan Blaney. Sometimes when you're kind of searching for whatever it may be, Having someone to just bounce ideas off from, someone who has the same job description as you, always helps. So I think having those three other teammates helps. So if you're Paul Menard, if you're Ricky Stenhouse Jr., even Alex Bowman, and you need to put that finish behind you, what's the mindset heading into a track like this that can be very difficult, but knowing that there's real opportunity here to at least stay where you are or even make up some position? I tell you what, Caroline, I think they need to be way more aggressive than thinking about racing for that cut line because we haven't even mentioned A.J. Allmendinger and Watkins Glen. Ryan Newman could win any week on a good pit call out of his crew chief. So they're racing to this cut line. But remember, that's a fictitious line. Sure. One guy on the outside wins, that line moves, and then they're all on the outside. So I like that they're talking points, but I'm ready to see more aggression, not trying to protect the lead. All right, let's see what happens this weekend. That is all for NASCAR America. We will be here with you tomorrow, by the way. Full day of practice, full day of qualifying from New Hampshire. We've got you covered. That all starts at noon Eastern. Dale Jr. Download starts right now. We'll see you on NASCAR America tomorrow at 6 p.m. Enjoy the Junior Download. We'll see you tomorrow.
This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.